Might as well. Uh, 445-1040 is the phone number, and 445-1155. Both of those are metro numbers. Dial them from anywhere in Fort Worth or the Mid-Cities. It calls on us. And dial early in the program if uh, uh, you want to get on, because we get kind of a traffic jam. I was saying we... Uh, uh, talk about biblical matters usually, uh, although we're, you know, open to anything on the heart of the matter. I don't want to uh, pin it down to technical biblical questions. We, we have questions of, oh, people's problems. We have a large family here. I'm not a counselor per se, but uh, we've got a lot of opinions of a lot of biblical people to offer. And uh, uh, we can also discuss the view from Israel, where I was last month, and prophecy. I also was in the Greek islands and in Athens and on Mars Hill and the Acropolis and a lot of biblical places. So dial early at 445-1040 or 445-1155. I'll go ahead and get the TV plug out of the way uh, Sunday night on Zola Levitt Live. Uh, we're having another show in the series called The Holy Places. I believe the last one was our interview with uh, Mayor Teddy Kolek of Jerusalem, and now we go, I don't know, Don will tell you later in the program. He comes on with a, an announcement about uh, the television shows all alive at live, and he always knows what the program is. Uh, I know what the series is. It's The Holy Places. It was made last uh, fall in Israel. Was it last summer? I think last summer in Israel. But anyway, a string of uh, relatively fresh and uh, informative shows, each shot at the site of the biblically significant act that we discussed. Uh, David's Tomb was a couple shows ago. That's one of my favorites uh, because it's significant not just in that uh, King David is buried there, may be buried there. It's a pretty good site. It's uh, uh, really, some archaeologists uh, pose it for, for good reasons, too, but he's buried somewhere, is the idea. And in Acts 2, Peter referred to that. He said, David is dead and buried and lies in his sepulcher with us unto this day. Uh, he brought that up because it was obvious that uh, also in Jerusalem was this empty tomb where Jesus Christ had lain and no longer did. And that was only seven weeks after the event. After the resurrection, they hadn't found the body, but now it's uh, getting to be 19 centuries and we haven't found the body. And it's getting to be more believable that <laughs> there either was quite a body snatch or <laughs> there was a resurrection as prophesied. And uh, uh, we also saw the empty tomb. And this, this summer, a few weeks ago, we made a program in the empty tomb. That was stunningly significant, I think. Uh, uh, I can't wait to show you the new programs that are coming on in the fall on Zola Levitt Live. One of them there in the empty tomb, one of them at the Parthenon on the Acropolis in Athens. Uh, just just uh, the upper room, uh, uh, I can't think offhand how many significant places, but on Golgotha. And you just get a, a conception of Jerusalem, at least. You know, not everybody can go, so uh, our ministry... Uh, does try to, to show you what's there by means of television. It's not a bad way to do it. If you can go, we're going for the Tabernacles Festival coming right up. Uh, September 20th to 30th is our dates, and you can just write into the uh, TV address and they'll send you a brochure for the trip. It's a lot of fun to go to Jerusalem at Tabernacles time because tens of thousands of Christians from all over the world turn up, and they do quite a celebration. Can you give me a scripture? Let's have a little contest. Uh, 
know what I'll offer as a prize, but uh, maybe maybe you can do it without a reward. You have a prize? The engineer holds up even now the little puzzle, the little wire puzzle called the heart of the matter, which we are supplied by the, <laughs> the puzzle company that makes it. This is a, a fun little game, and it's called the heart of the matter, and I will award this puzzle to the first person to show me from the scriptures that the Feast of Tabernacles will be celebrated in the kingdom to come. Okay, show me the evidence that Tabernacles, the festival coming up September 20th to 30th, uh, will be celebrated in the kingdom to come. If you'll do that, we will see to it that you get this puzzle called the heart of the matter, which is, is kind of fun to work in. Uh, uh, it will be your evidence that you know your scriptures. Let's go ahead to Jay's call. Hey, Jay? Uh, in the uh, 52nd chapter of Matthew, it talks about uh, the graves were opened in many bodies of the saints, which slipped the rose. Well, Matthew 27:52. I was wondering about that. I've read some commentaries, and uh, I haven't really gotten a straight answer about, you know, what... What did the commentaries say, Jay? I just said that uh, they... Uh, Certain saints appeared to uh, some of the uh, Jewish or the people there just to represent the, uh, I guess it was just kind of to show the miracle that had happened, you know, that's what I got out of it. Yeah, okay, I have a, a very good answer, and uh, which is not my own, but someone once called it in, and I love it. Uh, a lady called the heart of the matter once and said, since the day of the resurrection was first fruits, that is the Sunday after Passover, it's called first fruits, Leviticus 23, 10 to 12. Uh, and since the proper offering on first fruits is for the farmers to bring in a little of the first fruits of their fields, the early crops, and show them before God and thank God for them, then the proper thing for Jesus, a perfect law-keeping Orthodox Jew, was to celebrate the feast. But Jesus was not a farmer who raises crops. Jesus raises people. So he raised a few. Okay, thank you. Does, does that get it? Yeah, thank you. Okay, thanks. Bye. I love the question now that I can answer it. For years I was in the same position. Let's gloss it over and say, well, it's a sign of the resurrection to come. But that's so shocking a sign. There's nothing else like that in either testament. That, that several not several, a bunch of people are resurrected, walking through the streets, seen. Can you imagine what a day that was? And then uh, the lady called in with that answer, and it is so right and so good, uh, because Jesus celebrated each of the feasts right in order. He's crucified on Passover, buried on unleavened bread, resurrected on first fruits. But first fruits calls for an offering of resurrected uh, things from the ground, meaning uh, with the farmers, new crops. And with the Messiah, uh, resurrected souls, new people, <laughs> or re reborn people. So he brought them back up out of their graves and celebrated first fruits. What happened to them, uh, somebody asked that. They either died again and are awaiting the general resurrection, or went on to heaven, which I think is more likely once they've been resurrected, uh, on with the king and the thief. Well, we're going to take a break. Uh, 
the phone numbers again, and you can dial during the break. Bob will hold your calls in the order they come. When you call in, say hi, Bob, because nobody ever says hi, Bob. You know, it's says hi, Zola, and Bob's been back there answering the phone patiently. I mean, give the guy a break. 445-1040 in the Metroplex and 445-1155. Abram, arise, walk about the land, for I will give it to you. Sunday night at 9 on Channel 39, Zola Levitt presents The Promised Land. This Sunday night, Zola examines the Temple Mount area in Jerusalem. God's holy mountain has seen Abraham's altar, a Jebusite threshing floor, three magnificent Jewish temples, a temple to Jupiter, and now the Muslim Dome of the Rock. Find out its future, Sunday night at 9 on Channel 39. Back with you on the Heart of the Mary. There, Don has told you what the show is. It's from the series The Promised Land. Did I say the holy places? It means, really, I meant the promised land, which is a later series of shows we made in Israel. And the Temple Mount show, indeed, is something to see. It hasn't seen three Jewish temples, really, although people say that because they separate the second one into two periods, built by Zerubbabel, then remodeled by Herod. But really, it's the same temple going right on. It's just enhanced greatly by Herod in the time of Jesus. Seventy years was used up in reconstruction and remodeling of the temple, so you can imagine how magnificent it was when it was done, and then only to be destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. We are now awaiting, really, the third temple, which will be the Tribulation Temple. Uh, Lloyd? Hey, Lloyd. How you doing? How you doing? All right, this is Lloyd. You're on the air. Doing all right? Doing fine. That's good. Well, I, I want to see my birthday on the radio. It's your birthday? Uh-huh. How old are you? Uh, 16. Well, happy birthday, Lloyd. Hey, thank you. All right, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How's that for getting uh, your birthday out? I mean, that's publicity. Uh, if it's your birthday, <laughs> I was going to say call us up. You have the same birthday as Lloyd. But if you have a question, I'll be glad to handle that, too. Let's go ahead to line one. Now, call your question before we load up here. It's 445 1155, Metro number, and also Metro 445-1040. Bob? Yes, sir. You're on the air. Thank you. I just came from the car into my office, and don't know if anybody gave you a scripture reference, but in Zechariah 14:16, it mentions keeping the Feast of Tabernacles. He wins the prize. He, you win the prize. Uh, Zechariah 14:16 is very definite about tabernacles. It says, and all those uh, nations which went up against Jerusalem shall go up from year to year to worship the Lord and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. Amen. Does it not? And so it even says that uh, the nations which we conceive as, as unbelieving, uh, such as Egypt, will have to go up. Uh, of course, in the kingdom, there will be very, very few unbelievers. You count them on, on one hand uh, in many places. But uh, uh, anyway, the nation as a whole it has to go up. So, you do win the prize. We will send you the puzzle. If you will dial back on the line you're on, uh, Bob will take your name and address, and uh, we'll send it to you. Okay. <laughs> Did you have a question, Bob? No, I really didn't. I was just, I listened, usually on my lunch hour, and had just come back to the office and wanted to check and see if anybody had come across it yet. Well, you know your Bible real good. Well, just something I remembered. Thanks for the help. Bye. And he wins this valuable puzzle. <laughs> this is the first time I think I ever offered a prize in the heart of the matter, and it works. Boy, the next guy gets it, just just swings right in and gets it. 
Um, when I was in Israel last month, I noticed that peace had broken out again. Uh, you know, when you when I go over there, people are, I don't want to say sleeping in the streets, but it is a very peaceful place. There's, uh, uh, I've said this time and again, but uh, it's, it's, it's not exactly like it is back home. I can go for a walk in downtown in a big city at midnight, and so can any lady in the tour, no problem. Uh, there are very, very little crimes against people. The police have little to do. Uh, you certainly, there's never been a battle in the Holy Land since 1948. Then I get home to America, turn on the evening news, and I'm presented with terrible unrest in Israel. I don't even know what they're talking about. I was there, and I saw with my eyes. I was in Jerusalem, Tel Aviv, all through the north, in Haifa, Tiberias, the Sea of Galilee, the Golan, down the Jordan River Valley into Jericho, uh, through the West Bank. Oh, I, you know, if I look hard enough, I probably can find a youngster throw a rock at a soldier or something. I can find that here, too. And uh, as for the, the recent trouble, the, there's, there's been some abuse in the last couple of weeks. I think it's a result of uh, uh, the PLO's unrest. Uh, Arafat uh, uh, being deposed here is what it looks like in the end. And rival factions are fighting to show they can do the job and so they start a little rumpus here or there and there are casualties that is part of um, uh, running a country where, where the enemies are all over the borders and uh, that will happen any any hot spot in the world like that but boy, the, the kind of picture of Israel that we get and the uh, um, the reality of it are so different. Uh, it, it just shows what the media can do if they wanted to create uh, Alice in Wonderland and make you believe it's all happening. Uh, Gary? Hello, Zola. How are you today? Good. How are you doing? Fine. Uh, I have a question concerning the significance and revelation of the 144,000 uh, Jews who will be witnesses mm -hmm. and the significance of who is believed to be the two that will be uh, killed by the Antichrist and lay in the streets for, was it three days? Or however many days they will lay dead and the world will celebrate their death? Okay, mm -hmm. hey, I'm curious as to why, uh, if you believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, uh, the significance that that would hold for the 144,000 is whether all the Jews will believe when Christ comes to receive his again, if that is when the uh, uh, the Jews will believe that Christ is the Messiah, or will this be at the end of the tribulation, and how does it, in 20 seconds or less, does that all work in together? Uh, I got the question, when will the Jews believe in Jesus as Messiah, but all the rest, um, uh, you said a lot of facts. Is there a question for, concerning the 144,000 and the two witnesses? Yes. Will the, the 12,000 from each tribe believe that Jesus is Messiah when he comes to take the saved in Christ before the tribulation? Is, uh, when, uh, oh, when do they start believing? Uh, I think it's after the rapture. I think after Jesus takes the church out of the world, these 144,000 given in Revelation 7, 4, 12,000 of each of the 12 tribes of Israel, uh, will then be saved. And the, the way they'll be saved is either a direct act of God or that they are Jewish people to whom we have witnessed and they have not come, but when they perceive the rapture, then they do see that the faith is real and they believe. What will happen to the rest of the Jewish people? Is the 144,000 the total remnant that will be left during the tribulation? Uh, 
what will happen to the rest? Are there some that will not believe? Although some say that the scripture says that the entire nation of Israel, all the Jews will believe in the Messiah and be saved. When he returns. Uh, as in Romans 11:26, all Israel will be saved when the Deliverer shall come out of Zion. However, uh, during the tribulation, well, the 144,000 are the only ones specified to be saved. Now, as they go out and witness, other people are saved. You have lots of salvation in the tribulation period because in Matthew 25:31 to 46, you have the sheep and goats trial. You have to hold a, a whole hearing for the nations of the world because there's so many sheep to separate from the goats. Uh, in other words, if it was only uh, a few people, it wouldn't uh, necessitate all that. But the king sets up his throne and acts as judge here to uh, admit into the kingdom the saved ones and separate them from the goats. I assume that in the witnessing of the 144,000, some Jewish people are saved. But the main significance is that the, the people of the nations, the Goyim, the Gentiles, are saved. To answer you very briefly, the 144,000 are definitely saved, and we're not informed as to what happens to the rest of Israel until he returns at the end of the tribulation. Well, this is, uh, I had a hard time correlating this with the thousand-year reign, uh, that, you know, if Jesus comes back and, and takes us out, before the tribulation, then when he comes back and sets up his reign for a thousand years, uh, how this affected the nation of Israel. This was a point that I had a difficult time understanding uh, exactly how it all came in together and how all of the nation of Israel was, uh, was grasped and taken care of by God during this time. All right, let me run it down from the beginning then. There is the rapture of the church, I think, before the tribulation. Then the tribulation period begins. The 144,000 are saved, and they go out as witnesses. At the halfway time, the, uh, the two witnesses, some say are Moses and Elijah, of Revelation 11, 6, uh, go forth. Uh, the Antichrist prevails, however, until the end of the tribulation when the king comes back from heaven with the heavenly army, with the church, in white linen, uh, uh, Revelation 19, verses uh, about 15 to 18. And then he sets up the throne of the uh, judgment of the sheep and the goats, uh, Matthew 25, 31 to 46. And that being over, he now has his complete collection. Oh, I should say this about Israel. Daniel 12, 2 and 3 shows the Old Testament saints of Israel who were saved, resurrected and raised to life, so they join us in the kingdom. So the church comes to the kingdom via the rapture, and the Old Testament saints by Daniel's resurrection, and then uh, the 144,000, and all of those saved, the martyred, the beheaded, and so on, are resurrected uh, for the kingdom, and then the thousand-year reign begins. Okay, one last question. If, is there any time during the tribulation or the thousand-year reign when those on the earth will be under the law again rather than grace? Yes, the whole kingdom time. Okay, that's very interesting. Thank you, Zola. Okay, bye. Uh, the whole kingdom time, because that's what the Sermon on the Mount is about, the law of the kingdom. The Lord, in effect, is saying, this is how it will be. Blessed are the meek, they'll inherit the earth, and so on. And then he talks about, if your right eye offends thee, pluck it out. If the right hand offends thee, cut it off. Uh, why don't we do this to ourselves now? Because we're not under the law. We're under grace. But come the kingdom time, and you're changed, uh, you won't have these sins. But the unbeliever will. 
and he will be under that kind of a crushing law again. This is the only age of grace. Law begins again at the kingdom. I'll be glad to discuss it. We should discuss it further, but I have to go to a break. I'll pick up the subject, since he's opened a very interesting subject, uh, when I come back with you right after this. With you on the heart of the matter, and uh, I've got some open lines at 445-1040 in the Metroplex. And also Metro number 445-1155. I'm not hearing from Fort Worth and Mid-Cities today that I know of. Let's go ahead and uh, use these Metro numbers. The call's on us. 445 is both of them. Just dial 1040 or 1155. Um, Gary opened an interesting point when uh, he asked that at what stage, at any stage in the future, would we be under law? And I believe we'll be under law from the beginning of the kingdom all the way through the kingdom. And it's not something people picture, and it sounds harsh, but it's not, because we're changed. Those really tough laws uh, about lusting and, and stealing and so on, the right hand and the eye, uh, pluck it out, and, and